1: No purchase necessary Voidware prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply See website for details A Scottish football podcast That isn't obsessed with just two teams Niche nonsense Or surprisingly brilliant You decide The Terrace Scottish Football Podcast The cult Scottish football podcast Now adapted into a hit TV show Search the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast On your chosen podcast player now
0: Hello, and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I am still Boyd Hilton. He is still sidekick Josh. Hello, Josh.
2: Boy, what a glorious week.
0: What a glorious week. One of the greatest weeks in Arsenal history for weeks, months, years. Who can say, well, one person can say, we thought we'd, rather than get a usual no-mark loser pundit or journalist or friend or celebrity, we've got an actual arsenal legend to discuss this superb week with please welcome mr nigel winterburn hello nigel
3: yeah good evening how are you
0: i um, we're very well i'm i'm i couldn't be happier basically yeah after that week how about you uh
3: yes i am uh, very happy at the moment i am indeed although uh you may have picked up on one of my tweets while the game was going on, I couldn't watch the last 15 minutes. <laughs> yes. Um, so, I, um, yeah, I asked people to tweet me back when the game was over. <laughs> but I'm very no, happy.
2: Nigel, when was the last time you felt like that, watching a game? You, you tweeted, can't watch the last 15 minutes, I'm too nervous, tweet me when it's over, sensational performance so far. When did you last feel like that, watching Arsenal?
3: Uh, I think uh, the uh, last cup final, uh, when I was with my daughter. Um, and then... Uh, I was a little bit, like, sucking my breath in. I can't, you know, get a bit nervous towards it. When you're not out there, it's horrible because you know what you want to happen, but you can't control any part of the game sitting in the stand watching. I'd much rather be out on the pitch and uh, uh, have sort of my own destiny with my teammates in my hands. So, uh, but I have to say, having said that, I, you know, you see from my uh, tweets, I, I thought it was a sensational performance. Um, and the, the first half particularly was, I would say it's the best I've seen Arsenal play in maybe two and a half years.
0: Wow. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. And and let's face it, the the real uh, also including the Liverpool game, both games are it's it's the renaissance of of the defence, isn't it? It's it's you know how long, how many years have we been waiting to have any kind of solidity in defence? And so I've, my question is, I've got. It's a kind of two part question. One is, you know, a week ago, before these two brilliant performances, we still thought, oh, you know, there's still mistakes in our, you know, in Mustafi and Louise. We still wondering, you know, are we fooling ourselves into thinking these guys can actually properly defend? But then after these two games, I'm thinking, oh my God, they, you know, Louise was probably man of the match, wasn't he? I mean, loads of contenders for yesterday. But do you yeah, think. Bit... Go on. No, yeah, there was a
3: lot of contenders. Louise. You know, I liked his interview after the game as well. I mean, the yeah. report didn't want to say, did he, that you had a stinker against Manchester City <laughs> um, you know, a couple of weeks earlier. So what was going through your hand And he actually came out, you know, in reference and said, oh, you mean I didn't play well. But I love the way, you know, he's just saying that he was humble, you know. He, you know, he made those mistakes. You, you hold your hands up, you work hard in training, and then you hope you can produce the performance that he produced uh, on the big stage. And, you know, then you will get a lot of credit. Um, I've always said since Unai Emery um, took over that I didn't think this squad was uh, stable enough to play with a back four. I still feel that way. And I think, and I've always said, I thought the way forward was, was a back five. And they are looking a lot more stable, a lot more solid uh, with Louise, will always be your, you know, your middle centre half, if you like, your main centre half. Uh, and now with teams playing out from the back, he he he'll, he'll be the one that picks up the the majority of the play, and starts a lot of the the play off So um, it's it's looking, listen, it's looking a lot more positive than two weeks into restart af- after this COVID-19 that we've been through. Um, you know, it's, it's you know, we don't want to. Do, we're, we're happy with what's happening, but we don't want to jump too far ahead because what we want from that back five or back three, whatever you want to call it, we want to see a season like that. Mm. It's no good two or three games, and then you get two or three errors again because everyone's just going to say, "Oh, this is the same old Arsenal again." So that back five or the back five that plays, if they do stick with the back five, has got to show that consistency. Throughout the throughout the you know the whole season, and then we can start looking and, and building some momentum. But until we do that, then I think we're always going to be a little bit uh, susceptible to some performances that are going to frustrate us. But you know, not taking away from that, that semi-final performance was was terrific.
2: Um, night I just want to ask you about. Uh, Tyranny, I guess you're of, of course such a renowned left back in our, our club's history, and we, we, it's not the first time in recent years we've seen a left back asked to play in a back three. We saw it with Monreal. What did you make of, of his performance there in in the last sort of weeks? And you know, Maitland Niles to come in, there's, there's Kalazinac as, as a backup. What do you think of like the left wing back or asking Tyranny to play in a back three at the moment?
3: Yeah, when you're I mean, when you're playing in that back three, certainly the left-sided, the third centre-back, is preferable to be a a left-footer. He's done a a good job when he's been asked to play there. He's equally been as impressive when he's played the wing-back role as well. Listen, this boy's got unbelievable talent. Um, I would think he's been very, very frustrated since he came to the football club because he came injured. He's picked up. You know, two or three injuries along the way, which just really disrupts you, and you're always fighting a bit of fitness and and game time, and you know that you've come with a big reputation, and you so you're being judged, and you're not as sharp as you should be. So I think there's um I think there's a huge amount more talent there to to come through, and if he can stay fit, then I think we're going to see uh, what he really is capable of um, coming through into ne- to next season as well, but. Uh, I get, I, I've had a lot of questions about him obviously recently um, and I just say the, the same as I always say really is give me 13 years to decide and then I'll <laughs> let you know because if he's, if he's there for 13 years he's going to be some player that's for sure.
0: That's fair enough the, the other, the other, I mean he does look he, it's fair enough to be excited about him though isn't it because he does look a player, he does look a proper a proper, a, a defensively you know he looks very, very sound to me and as an attacking listen, force. Listen,
3: anybody that can turn up to a Premier League game with a Tesco's bag is <laughs> exactly. you know, he's, he's gonna he's gonna tough it out in the out yeah. on the football pitch. So uh, no, listen, he's he's got great talent. He's a terrific crossover ball. So with wing back, he's really gonna suit him as well. If we continue to to play that way going forward, I mean, you know, I think we will do that through most of the, the, the little bit of the season that's left. But it'd be interesting to see what. Uh, signings we make for next season, and, and what formation uh, Mikel Arteta takes, mm. uh, and depending on how much money we've got, what you know, how we how we're going to line up. But has he's got he's, he's got huge quality, and um, you know, as long as he stays fit, keeps on the right lines, keeps pushing himself, he looks very level-headed to me. Then you know, as I, I said to you, he's he's going to be in that position for a long, long time, and that would be that would be great to see.
0: As well as the Tesco bag, he also, um, in the team photo, did you see, he, he gave the finger to someone and, and then apologised for it because he's such a nice boy, um, saying it was a joke between him and the kit man in case anyone took offence. I thought that was like, he's so, do you know what I mean? Just someone thinking things through, just like, what a decent guy. Everything about him seems 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 thoroughly good.
3: Yeah, I mean, and, listen, I, I do have to admit that footballers have to be so careful now because when you had a victory... Uh, like that, you're celebrated in dress room and you you say for certain things, you do certain things, you know, and then all all of a sudden now with uh, mobile phones and the cameras, somebody takes a picture it can really get taken out of context yeah, yeah. so um, I think he just he he did the right thing to me it was nothing you know i yeah, didn't even course, think about yeah. it. it didn't even bother me i didn't even i didn't even sort of look at it and think of anything of it. it was just like. Having a bit of antics after you've just won a semi-final, come on! Yeah. Um, but it probably was right with being social media savvy that he put out, you know, he put out that apology that it was really a private thing and it shouldn't really have been put onto social media to to put him in that situation, really. But he dealt with it very, very well, and also uh, some of the tweets back helped him out enormously, uh, didn't they as well? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, it's, it's 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 not even really a. A talking
2: point
3: for me. It's just no, it's no.
2: something that happened, but in, yeah. the, in the heat of celebration. Um, Nigel, no, I mean, the selection of Maitland-Niles was a, a bit of a surprise to to Arsenal fans. There had even been rumours in the last week about him looking for first team football elsewhere. Were you surprised to see him as the one deployed in in that role on on Saturday? And he's he's got to have put himself in contention for a, a place in the final. Yeah, I think I was. I mean, um,
3: you know, looking at starts that people have had in the last few weeks, I think that's what you would would look at. Um, yeah, and I think, he's, listen, he's a young boy, he's had bits of experience, uh, and it's like anything, if you've got anything about you, once you have sort of played a few games, and he was, you know, he had that little run, didn't he? I think it was under Unai Emery, wasn't it? Um, and then you get left out, and you're not sure how much you're going to play, you sort of, you know, you get asked the questions. He probably, you know, he probably wants to stay, but he's also thinking, I've you got know, I want to play a lot more. I've got, to, you know, so what can I do to try and force my way into this team and, and prove that I'm good enough? And then if not, you're, well, for me, my last option would be, well, I, I may have to, I may have to move to, uh, to sort of develop my career. But I hope he doesn't because I've got a lot of young talent at the football club at the moment, and you want to keep them all. You just don't want to. Uh, you just don't want to let them go. Um, so yeah, he's put himself in in contention for for the final. And when you come into the team, you you make, you ask you ask the question to the manager. Right, there's my performance. I am whatever you want to say. I'm seven out of ten and better. And when you're producing performances like that all the time, then you're asking the manager, go and leave me out if you dare, because. You know, I'm I'm
0: playing so well. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because um the, the goal, our first goal against Man City, came from playing out of the back. From the back, and um I mean, there even I remember they were they were joking on the commentary about how you know that wouldn't have happened in your day um, with the with the classic Arsenal defence under George Graham. And, and they were kind of and in the first period of the game against Man City there was the odd moment where we were playing out to the back and we were all like as, as tense as we would normally be about that. And that we were just waiting for a mistake. In fact, I think there was a moment where Bellerin, I think it was misplaced a pass and nearly let them in for, for a good chance. But then the actual goal was a beautiful thing, wasn't it? It was just like all those passes starting at the back, across the back and then progressing through midfield. Lacazette made it, makes a brilliant pass in the middle of it. Um, Pepe involved. It was just an incredible thing, wasn't it? What did you make of that goal?
3: Yeah, terrific goal. I mean, to be fair, when I played, George would have never allowed that because <laughs> it would have it would have took too long to score a goal. So, I mean, it's just oh, listen the games the game is completely changed from when I first started. I mean, even with even under Arsene Wenger, and when he when he came in, we we didn't play out from the back like they're like they're doing now. It just it just wasn't part of football. Mm-hmm. It seems to be the modern thing at this moment in time, uh, and that's probably again you're going kind to of make slight mistakes, but you know you've got to you've got to be weary, wary where you are and where those mistakes occur. But I thought some of the you know considering that Man City were pressing at times against us, I thought we moved the ball very very well out the back, and you know we exposed uh, Man City on on a, on a few occasions uh, and, sh- and showed some great. Technique and some fast movement from from back to front. It was uh, it was an, it was an impressive uh, display. But you were probably like me. You were sometimes when it, when it started off, you were sucking your breath in and, and holding it for a w- little while to see what was going to develop and what was going to happen.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
2: no I, I just want because we had the situation quite early on in the game where Mustafi did lose the ball in the area and and Sterling. You know, nearly capitalised and we, you know, could have conceded. Do you think if there had been fans in the stadium, I, I can only imagine there would have been a nervousness and, and possibly getting on the players' back. Does it almost help to have no fans potentially in the stadium when a player makes, you know, that big a state mistake quite early on in the game, potentially?
3: I, I think so when you make, when you make a mistake. Um, do you know why? I, I have to be honest with you, I found it very, very difficult to watch a lot of the games um, since restart. Just doesn't feel right. It's a lot of the games look. I don't know. They just look half-paced, um, and you do have to say, is it easier? It's easier if you make a mistake. That's for sure because you haven't got anybody on your back um, apart from your teammates and yourself trying to g you up. With a crowd inside there, you get that reaction. You can imagine if, like, the gives it away. It's, Imagine the crowd's reaction next time he gets the ball if he tries to make the same pass or back inside. So you can, you know, it's it's being but it's being brave as well, not being stupid at times to, to just think about what you're you're doing. Uh, but you can get punished for it. But as I said to you just earlier, this is the this is the the modern way. But I think it I think it does help not having the crowd in terms of if you make a mistake you know there's, there's no one inside the stadium that's going to criticize you they're not going to be on your back at all um I mean, I find it slightly weird as if you are losing and then you 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 get your supporters right behind you to lift you I just I just feel at the moment it's just it's just so weird watching a game of football with no supporters it I just I just don't find it right I just don't find it very very comfortable and it's not as exciting as I remembered it when
0: the crowd are involved. Mm. It was interesting. This uh Arteta was talking today about um about how he was asked about playing out from the back and saying, Do you ever get you know nervous about these these players doing what you want them to do and playing out and you know and he said something like um he says like, I get more nervous when they hoof it up when we hoof it all the way up the pitch because we're gonna lose it immediately and it will come back to us quickly. So do you think do you think they can I mean, do you think they can these players? Because I remember it wasn't so long ago when people like like Jamie Carragher was saying, you know, it's probably the last we've seen of Louise, and we thought that we just thought they weren't good enough, really. Didn't and most pundits anyway? Thought. Do you think they are good enough? These this these players, the ones we've got at the moment, to carry us through and to, and to be an actual long-term solid defensive unit? Um, as, as we we
3: talked about earlier, if they can produce those performances on a regular basis then yes but people are obviously going to have their doubts as we all have because we know that our back four our back five make mistakes individually and collectively as a team and that's not criticism that's just looking at the game as a a whole so as a manager, you, you know, I can understand the theory. You want, you want to keep possession. You want to play out from the back. We've got fast counter-attacking um, uh, players. We're not a big strong team, so we're not going to hit it up to a big centre forward and link up play. Um, so you have, you've got to put your, your trust in them. Um, playing out from the back, all teams do it. Well, not all teams, but most teams in the Premier League now do it. Yeah. There is going to be slightly more errant passes that will lead to chances but as a player you've got to process I know the manager wants to tell me to play out from the back but you're out there in the situation you've got to process that as you're playing when is it right to do it and when is it not to do it and sometimes it might come to you and you might just have to lay it straight back to the goalie and say no we need to push out So, and the goalie then will have to drop it into midfield or, or into the forward with with a bit of quality so it's just yeah. The manager at the moment having the trust in the players and keep having that belief because let's not be in a rush. This is what this is the, the back five or you know or back seven if you want with the other centre half that are available that I've got to find us a combination that will make us stable. Um, we have the we have the attacking talent and um, you know as a bait we might need one more midfield player but we've got a good basis um, but our downfall has been for several seasons now that defensively everyone says to you what about Arsenal well they're not stable enough they're they're soft defensively and that's what you've got to get away from and you know that's the reputation that you you've gained and now your performances have got to make people change their mind and change their mind very quickly
0: yeah do you think and arteta must surely get a lot of credit mustn't he i mean just, i mean i know Josh and I were accused by some of our listeners last week. We were being quite optimistic last week before these two games. I think Josh was one of the few people who predicted we'd beat Man City, actually, that I know. Um, but we were accused of being overly optimistic about Arteta and what he could, what he's done so far. Because his record, uh, before these two games, was kind of about the same as Emery almost. If you look in terms of pure, you know, results, I think. But yeah. I think watching the performances as soon as from as soon as he arrived through to restart and establishing this. This system we're playing now with the three at the back, as you say. I just feel very excited about what he's doing, and and these two performances. He must take a lot of credit, mustn't he, for organising those players and getting them so so disciplined in that system.
3: Yeah, listen. I think Mikel Arteta knows what he wants. Whether he will get the full backing to be able to produce what he wants, then we're going to have to see over the next uh, couple of seasons. Um, but you know. I never listen I suppose now we're in a we're in a stat driven Premier League and you know I personally am not a big believer in them because you can if you put a set of numbers down you can read into anything where you know I can give you a stat from a from a player that's eighty five percent possession of the football every time he gets the ball keeps possession uh, and he's making no and and 80% of his passes are sideways and backwards five yards.
1: Yeah.
3: Well, then you give me some player that might be at 70, 75%. But he's, you know, and they say, well, his stats are not as good as as uh, the equivalent to that midfield player. But the guy that's doing 70, 75% is actually trying to make what I call the decisive, the killer pass. You know, which one would you rather have in your team? So you have, to, you know, you've got to be careful when you. Look at stats. So I think Mikhail Teta's doing a, a tremendous job at, at, at this moment in time, and I say I'm looking forward to seeing how the club back him. But I like, I like what I see. The players look happy,
1: yeah.
3: So you know, yeah. when they're playing, they're looking like they're working for one another. Towards the end of Unai Emery's reign, there was I don't know what was going on, but it was a disaster. The, you know, it was a lot. I think there was a lot of dissent in the dressing room. It didn't look a happy place to me. But it, you know, and what I like about Michel Arteta as well, he's not afraid to leave players out, and if if they don't perform how he wants them to, uh, and act how he feels they should, then it doesn't matter who you are, you you're out, and you're you've got to fight for your way back in, and show that you're willing to to work your way back in, and conform, and, and and play with the team, and. I, I, I like that about him, I think, it, I think that shows a lot of character, that he, he, won't, he won't bow to any pressure, he'll, he'll do what he wants to do, and, and rightly so, he's the manager, and at the end of it, if it fails, then he knows that uh, he'll be the one that, that will be gone.
2: Nice, just in terms of the goalkeeping situation, I mean, what what would you be doing if Leno, let's say, was going to be fit for the next couple of games? Would you be sticking with Martinez after the month he's had, or would you feel you had to go back to to presumably who you, who you still feel is number one at the club?
3: I wouldn't like to make that decision if I if I'm honest with you, because I think Leno's had uh, a very strong season, um, but I'm always the player in possession. If uh, he's playing well, then I believe in leaving that player in. So technically, I think I would leave uh, Martinez in, in in the team. Um, and you also got to look at that. You would think that Leno is not going to be back. But if he was back, then you know he wouldn't really have enough game time to to warrant the change. I wouldn't think. But um, yeah, I think uh, you know, also the goalkeeper deserves. Special praise because, you know, I wasn't sure when uh, when he first started to come through, and then he went out on loan, wasn't it, last year to Reading? Uh, yeah, and did very very well. And since he's come in, you know, since he's had he's, he's had little bits in the team, he's played the odd game, and he's, but in this little run, his confidence has just grown and grown, and uh, he's um, yeah, he's, he's he's looking a very very good. Very good, good goalkeeper, very commanding in his, in his area as well, so he's done a terrific job. He'll be, listen, he'll be very, very disappointed if, uh, he, if he doesn't finish the season, that's for sure.
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, he's been, I think he's been brilliant, absolutely brilliant. But so many players have improved so much, haven't they? Josh, what are you going to say?
2: No, only that, I mean, it's funny, isn't it, that He's so nearly made quite a bad error against Liverpool, but it almost feels like people mm. are gonna forget it quite quickly. You know, Firmino was inches away from closing him down and scoring within the first, what was it, five, six minutes of, of that game. But it almost feels like he earned that bit of luck by how by how good he has been in you know, in the seven, eight games he's played now.
3: Listen, uh, in professional football we all make mistakes. Sometimes we get away with it, sometimes we don't. But what you judged on and what you remembered on is you, you you will know Josh is your consistency and your performances that and I talk about it all the time. If you wanted to use any stats or any scales, if you you know you could see it when you used to get. More, I don't even know if they do it in the papers anymore. You used to mark them out at ten, and you used to know. I used to although you used to if you think ten five would be average. I didn't used to, I always used to say six was your average, and if you're getting seven and above every week. You, you know your own self that you, you're, you're doing a great job. So um, you, 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 we'll all make mistakes, we'll all, we'll all make errors, but if you limit those errors and your performances are up seven and above, seven, between seven and ten, then people will say, well, yeah, he, he made an error, but boy, oh boy, I, I can rely on this guy week in, week out. So it was uncharacteristic of him to make that mistake. That's what you want people to be thinking about you, not, not. oh, here's another mistake, buy him again. There's a, there's a different way of looking at things by your by your level of performance. And like you say, you could say you earned that little bit of luck, but I think people have forgot about it because, one, they didn't score, and two, his performances are being at such a high level.
0: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll talk more um, about this current team and we'll maybe ask you a little bit about some of your favourite fa cup memories um nigel after this little break
1: if you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct something that's less mr bean and more steve mcqueen Cooler.bike,
0: e-bikes that are cool AF. And we're back from the break. Um, I just wanted to ask you, Nigel, about like a couple of players, um, about the, the improvements they've made and the seasons they're having. Talking, you know, to just, uh, just like Xhaka, you know, I think six months ago, most play, most fans probably thought, oh, you know, he's just a bit useless and a bit annoying and that whole Incident where he walked off and was petulant and all of that. He, the turnaround there has been incredible, hasn't it? Do you know? Do, do you think? Do you think a lot of these? Do you think? Jacques is, this, for example, taking him as an example. Is he essentially a perfectly good player that maybe we've underrated and that it was all, it's all to do with the toxicity around Emery and the atmosphere in the club and et cetera, that led to that? And now are we seeing the real him now? Do you think, or is he kind of almost playing out of his skin? in this particular
3: moment? Oh, he's playing very, very well. Uh, that's, mm. for, that's, that's for sure. Um, and like everything, listen, you can, i said to you, you can make mistakes out on the pitch. You can make mistakes out in the public eye. You can be criticised, but you know what? If your level of performance, as we just talked about again, is, is high enough, people forgive you. And, you know, he had, you know, he's that's be fair. He had a, he had a fallout. I think we've all had our say about what we thought about it, whether it was right or wrong. There's a massive debate going on. Um, but what he has done is, in the end, he's had to face up to it and come back into the team. Um, and his level of performance has been high enough that people will forgive him for it, really, and say, right, well, show me now, mate, that you want to... Wear that shirt with pride, and if you do, uh, we'll we'll assess you from now on in, and that's all in the past. And I, I think that's you know that's that's exactly what's happening at the moment.
0: Oh, completely, yeah. I don't want One other, another player I was going to ask about is Lacazette because I think Lacazette's had a a poor season by his standards in terms of purely in terms of scoring. Obviously, he had a, he had a long. He had long stretches where he wasn't scoring. He's, 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 he's looked much better recently. I thought we had a great game yesterday, just an all-round game. And there's a big debate online. I see loads of people, particularly with Giroud, scoring again yesterday and us facing Chelsea in the cup final. You know, there's a big Giroud versus Lacazette debate going on on social media. I've always been a huge fan of Lacazette since he arrived. And I always found Giroud slightly irritating. And like, I felt like he was a player who, one of those players who wasn't quite good enough for us to reach... You know the point where we're contending for the league, etc. Do you have a strong feeling about those two players, and who um, do you have a well, preference? I like
3: if I'm I, I honest, like them both. Yeah. Uh, I think Lacazette in this team is the one you, you would, or I would use as my main centre forward because I think he holds the ball up the best. Uh, and then you have the conundrum that you with Aubameyang playing on the side of him, but Yang still getting plenty of goals. Um, and then we've got Enketia coming through as well, but you know I still I still feel that uh, Lacazette is is the guy that holds the ball up, links the play up um, uh, very well. And Giroud is always a player that I've liked and was surprised that that um, Arsenal let go, if, if I'm honest with you, um, because again he's a similar type of player. He's probably not as mobile. Mm. Um, as as Le, uh, Lacazette. But I tell you what, um, Giroud's movement inside the box is incredible. Um, and if you go back and look at your highlights of games when he played for Arsenal and even Chelsea, look where he gets a lot of his goals at. Movement from centre to the front post. He just leaves def- uh, defenders for dead. So, um, listen, he's some. He's, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I think they're both. Very, very good players. Um, then you have the debate about, oh well, would they be in a in a team that's uh, challenging for for the league? Well, they're not in the same class as Henri, that's for sure. But but Arsenal are not where we are when Henri was here and challenging for titles and, and winning things. So you just got to you've got to judge what you've got at the moment and and, and evaluate and look at, but. I like them. I like them both. I, I, I still think that they both both did well. One did. Giroud did a fantastic job for the club, and I still think Lacazette has got a huge part to to uh, to play. Um, yes, I think the one thing you would say and you would he would like as well would would be a, would be a few more goals.
2: Um, just talking of Giroud, obviously we're going to play Chelsea in the cup final. I don't know if you watched yesterday but were you hoping that for one of Man United or Chelsea you think we're better suited to to have a better chance of, of winning the cup night
3: um do you know what I'm I i was not really sure um I thought going into the game I mean semi finals so difficult to predict I mean you know just going back to our game I, you know I tweeted out difficult but achievable and some of the message you get back is, are you serious? We play in Man City. Well, semi-finals are not like that. Sometimes you can just hit that rhythm even if you're the underdog. And you have to remember, Arsenal are a decent team. You know, they're not a, they weren't a championship team, but Man City are on a different level to us if they perform to the best. Um, but if they're slightly off and Arsenal make them slightly off in their own performance and play to a high level, then there's a chance of winning. So I wasn't quite sure who in the second semi-final, I thought May uh, and I were probably more the form team. Um, but but I wasn't quite sure what was going to happen. But the result did surprise me in terms of how convincing uh, Chelsea were. Um, um, that, that's for sure.
0: And now we've got, we've got two more league games now, interestingly, in this week. And then the cup final. If you were the manager... Because you know traditionally, there's you know you kind of make sure you're going to pick your best team for the cup final. It's a t- tough one to to kind of weigh up, isn't it? Does he pick his best team for each of these last three games, or does he focus on the cup final as being a more realistic way into Europe? Because if we win, we're going to the Europa League. We still got a chance of being in the Europa League in the league, though. You know, Sheffield United lost tonight. We're just as we're recording this on Monday night. What would you? What would be your tactic if you're a manager?
3: Well, I. I, well, is it, uh I think it is it seventh that.
1: Yeah. Yep.
3: You know, I don't see us finishing seventh, if I'm honest, uh, which is really disappointing from a league uh, perspective. Uh, I think I think Mikel Arteta will rotate, mm. uh, and but the one thing you want to do is try and keep that good feeling going for you. Know, I Liverpool, Manchester City. And then you don't want to then get beaten at Aston Villa because it
1: yeah. Yeah.
3: just throws you off again, and all the doubts sort of, or if there are any doubts there, they start to re- resurface. So I certainly want to keep that run going. But I think there will be, the you know there will be those two teams uh, for the last two games will be in the league will will be slightly different. I don't see him playing. If you' were asking me the same eleven players for starting the same eleven for for three games I just don't see that happening at all um, and now the you know as as we look at it we'll be looking to see the fight is on isn't there to make sure you're one to eleven in the uh in the starting for the f a cup because that's what everyone will be looking at now
2: nice you you talked earlier about markings out of ten and i Took a moment in our break there to check what your marking out ten was in in the last semi final of the FA Cup you played for us, uh, Arsenal Wolves in in 1998. What do you reckon it was?
3: Uh, well, it was a pretty boring game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have, do you know what? I I have no idea. Um, do you know what? I can't. I mean, I know we I know we won one 0 I can't remember much about it, but. I don't, I don't know. I'll, I'll say seven, but you're probably going to
2: tell me six. I found, I found some, someone giving you seven and a half. Uh, pretty oh, much as you would expect from Winterburn, competent in defence, enthusiastically got forward when he could. Um, so, uh, so seven and a half, Nigel, You were, you're were being very humble there. Um, the report actually mentions particularly wild celebrations from you at the final whistle of of reaching Wembley. Just, just, what are your memories of those sort of semi-finals? Because it's such a big thing still to make the FA Cup final uh, and even, you know, okay, a lot of foreign players, maybe it doesn't quite mean the same nowadays, but it's still a big deal for the for the club to, to reach another FA Cup final.
3: Oh, I absolutely love it. I mean, as a player, um, you, you have to realise that you get very, very limited chances to play in a Cup final and, and win it. Um, and I always Say that you don't start to smell the chance. I always used to say of getting to Wembley and playing in the Cup Final until you get to quarter final stage, and then you start to think, oof, this might be our year." So let's not let's not waste it. And uh, luckily for myself, we got there on a on a you know in the FA Cup on there uh, a couple of occasions, and we won them both. But uh, uh, it's just the semi is Just once you've just something you play for. As a kid, I used to dream about playing in those semi-finals and finals and just sucking in. I mean, it's going to be different diff- different this time for the final but when you walk out that tunnel at Wembley and that wall of noise that hits you, you sort of suck your breath in and, the, and even the old Wembley, the grass was so spongy, it was as if your legs like went to jelly before you'd even started. I mean, it was just a special place to um, to, to play. It's, uh, I, I, I mean, even now people sort of downgrade the FA cup, but I, I absolutely love it. I tried to watch all the draws, um, live to see who's playing, who looking at the little clubs, see who's the, who's the club that's going to get the farthest and how they're doing and who they've beaten and praying that maybe they'll get one of the big boys because they'll get a bumper payday as well. But also that chance of that big shock, um, but uh, yeah, it's just it, it, for me. It's just a sensational competition. But people say it's been downgraded a bit,
2: but not not for me. It's uh, it, it's it's a huge competition. Uh, and Nigel, I know it's uh, a while since you, you played in one of the cup finals back in '98. But you, you'd have been there in I, I know in either work or, or media capacity recent years. It, it would be strange for you not to be there. Or are you waiting to hear from Arsenal what may or may not be with their commitments on the day?
3: Uh, well, I, I know that I'm doing the co-coms for them, and I'm presuming that that's going to be from my house, (laughs) (laughs) unless it changes in the near future, um, so I'm just waiting for the the final details, but yeah, I mean, I said to you, last, uh, Lascott final, I I went with my daughter, so, um, yeah, I mean, listen, I'd have loved to have been, been there again, but. You're playing an FA Cup final, you want it full, you want that atmosphere. You want that banter going on between the supporters and that, that as I said to you that wall of noise that hits you when you when you come out as well. So it will it will be very, very strange, but at the end of it, you still want to make sure although there'll be no supporters this time that you've got the winner's medal. You certainly don't want the losers.
0: That that ninety eight cup final was really interesting. I'm just looking at it, looking at it now. I've forgotten, I mean, I remember we beat Newcastle 2 0. I forgot, A, that Christopher Ray played up front. Ian Wright was left on the bench. Um, and of course, Anelka played and scored. He was a very interesting character. Do you know there's a, there's a Netflix documentary coming up about Nicholas Anelka? I guess because he's such a fascinating character. What was he? Can you, can you say much about what he was like to play with and to work with? Uh,
3: was Huge talent. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, think, I personally believe that he left. Arsenal. Uh, far too early in his uh, career, he may dispute otherwise. So I'll be, I'll certainly be tuning in to watch that and see, and try and get an insight into why he thought he needed to move so quickly. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he, listen, it he, he had a. I mean, people used to say that he used to sulk a lot, but I mean, he was. He was a terrific player, but I, I thought if he'd have done a, at least another couple of years at, at Arsenal, uh, that he probably would have developed even more than, 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 than you know where he, where he sort of finished with his career. But uh, yeah, just just a, I mean, he was he was quiet. That's why I think sometimes people say they he used to salt but. You know what, put him through on goal and uh, he he knew how to find the back of the net and uh yeah, he was he was a terrific player.
0: Yeah, I loved him, I thought he was so excited such an exciting player, yeah.
3: Yeah, just just I mean really pace and composure, yeah. good technique on the ball. Uh you know, you put him through one on one and you 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 just expected him to score, you'd almost turn away and start to walk back ready to for a kick off again and you'd be surprised if he missed so. You know, that's how highly I sort of rated him. Uh, but was just disappointed that he cleared off too quickly for my liking.
0: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, completely. Yeah. What's your favourite FA Cup memory? Do you have a favourite?
3: Um, not really, um, because I played in turn one, two.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Was it much different? Um, than the celebrations from the first one to the second one. The second one, I know some.
3: No, no, the, the, they're all they're all pretty good. I mean, I think ninety three was different because we had the chance to do the cup double because we'd already bizarrely we'd already played Sheffield Wednesday and beat them in the League Cup yeah so I think that was a bit you know so we were massive favorites going into that um so um and the way that we we won it with the the uh the goal in in extra time but uh now you still you still sell when you you deserve to be able to celebrate when you uh when you win an FA Cup, and uh, it doesn't matter who was in charge and what team you uh, you're, you're playing with and who the manager was, so we we certainly had a, a, enough celebration after the the '98 game as well. So, I mean, it just it just they're just great games to play in, um, but make sure you win.
2: Yeah, um, but just no, it's just <clears throat> sorry. Looking at those examples. I mean, the Tottenham game in '93 was was such a huge game to to have all those fans. It was it was held at Wembley uh, with Tony Adams' goal. The pressure must have been on far greater in a way that day than you know you were heavy favourites to beat Wolves in '98, in who at the time were a Championship club.
3: Yeah, well, I think also as well it was that was that semi-final was um, sort of added pressure because we'd lost to them. Uh, 91, wasn't it? Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, and you, you never want to lose to Tottenham at any stage in any competition. So, um, there was a little bit of sweet revenge in that one with with uh, with, with Tony's goal um, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, but like you say, the, I think we were in both of those games. We we were we were favourites um, to, to win them both of them because of our our league form, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it was yeah. All the stick that we we took from previously then sort of gets wiped away a little bit, doesn't it? When you when you uh, re- reverse fortunes and you just remind people who had been giving you those little bit of stick that you can dish it out as well when you need to. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, yeah. Um, well, it's time we're traditional, uh, we traditionally end the podcast with our predictions, Nigel. And um, first of all, do you think we'll win the cup final? Do you think do you think we'll do it, or do you have a well, strong feeling? I've, of?
3: I've, I've got to believe we, we we're going to. Again, I will say the same thing. It's, um, it's going to be a very very tight game, I think. But if we perform anything like we did in the semi final, then we've got an unbelievable chance. And as um, I keep saying, you know we. We seem to be able to pull out the performances in the FA Cup. So, obviously, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take us to win.
0: And these last two league games, so we're playing Villa away tomorrow night and then Sunday, the, all the last games, we're playing Watford at home. What's your feeling about those? Oh, actual score predictions for those?
3: Uh, we're on we such good momentum, so I'd like to try and see that continue. Villa are absolutely fighting for their lives, so... It wouldn't surprise me if it, if that was a if it was a draw, uh, and I think we'll and I think we'll we'll win, we'll win the last game because we'll wanna, we want to we want to be really in tip-top shape for the um, for the final. So um, I think we're going to have a I think we're going to have a good strong finish to the season. Um, but you know, let's hope we can cap it off with a with an FA Cup final win, uh, and then Michael Arteta can reassess the season and see where we need to invest or if we can't invest keep that level of performance going because you know, in the long run our, our league form this season has been nowhere near good enough and I, you know, I think we, we need to we need to see some drastic improvements and we need to first of all try and get back to start challenging for, for top four which um, is going to be very very difficult with, with the teams around us but think there's a bit more belief now over the last few weeks than uh, than there has been for a little while. That that that's clear in my mind.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Josh, what do you think is going to happen in the in these last few games? Well, Nigel uh, seems quite
2: pessimistic about getting into Europe via the league. I mean, I understand why, and we'll know more. Of course, we, we're recording this just as Wolves have kicked off against against Palace, so we'll know more about that situation. But Wolves have got to go to uh, Chelsea, uh, I think it is on the on the final day of the season. And if Arsenal do win both games, it will mean Wolves would would need something uh, at Chelsea on the final day. So I think Arsenal have got it in them to uh, to take something, uh, to take to take six points. So I'm going to be I'm going to be a bit more optimistic. Um, I think I think there'll be opportunities available obviously having to absolutely go for it a point for Villa you'd think we will take it to the final day were you just going to come in there Nigel?
3: Yeah yeah I think, I, think, I think I'm a bit pessimistic because um, I understand financially and as a player you want to play I, I always wanted to play rather than train but with you you know I just look at I'd like to see what's ha- going to ha- I'd love for you to ask the same question when I could almost see what's going to happen in pre-season and the players we've bought and where we are realistically and what we're, we're looking at, because, you know, I just I think the Europa League, is it, you know, is it maybe that it would benefit us just to be away from it for just maybe a season, just to refocus and regather and sort of train our thoughts on really what we, what we do want. Um, we want a team that's getting back up in the league, for sure, close to the top four and being up there um, and not having to, sort of scrape into, you know, Europa League place by coming seventh in the league. You know, I think that sort of masks a little bit of where we are. So, I don't know, I'm sort of caught in two minds about really what I I want for us to happen. But there's no doubt I want us to win the FA Cup, which would put us in the Europa League anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, But in terms of league form is, I, I don't know, I'm just a bit if you like, it's just a bit cloudy for me. On, on one hand, yes, I want Europa League because we need to, we need the money to progress and build the squad. But does that sort of mask then the spending that the team needs? Because it does need progression. Mm. Um, so it's, it, it, it's, it's a difficult one for me. But then, I, as I just said to you, as a player, I'd always want to play in a game rather than train. Yeah, uh, I think like
1: so, yeah, I can't
0: have I think, it always can I? Yeah, I think a we need the financial help from the Europa, but also I think it would help players like like, like yeah, Aubameyang to stay. I think he might stay if we win, and if we win the FA Cup, and if we win these last few games, and if or, or we came seventh and yeah. we got into Europa, I just think it helps. I mean,
3: do, you re- do you really think though that Aubameyang's decision would rely on us getting in Europa
0: League? Um, um, yeah, I, I don't, don't know. No, I know what you mean, I know what you mean, yeah.
3: I just don't think, I don't think so, I mean, yeah. listen, he's it. it, it it's, it's quite clear to me that the, the, if he wants Champions League football, he's going to go, it, but if he's happy and thinks, you know, in the next couple of seasons, realistically, we can get back into Champions League, then stay if you're happy at the football club, um, you yeah, know, that's... Yeah. It's quite simple, that's the decision. Sometimes you've got to make that decision. Are you happy where you are and uh, and are you going to be able to try and fulfil what you want to try and achieve by getting back into Champions League? Is that realistic? Um, then I think we'll know a bit more come, come the summer when we see who we've got money to, and and who we buy and realistically. Can we get back into, into the top four? But I personally yeah. don't think that Bamiyan would come and say, well, if I'm going
0: to stay, we've got to be in Europa League. I just just don't think the the mentality of the player doing that. Yeah, I know. You're right. You're right. So, Josh, you think we're going to win our last two league games? I think we do. I think
2: we'll win 2-1 at Villa and then be able to win 1-0. Um, against, to be honest, a Watford side that may, may well stay up without without needing any more points. Uh, if mm-hmm. you know, if if Villa can't get them, so um, yeah, I think uh, I think we could yet finish seventh. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be agree. able to look
0: forward yeah. to the cup final next week. What do you think? You. I think we'll beat Villa tomorrow. Yeah, I think we'll beat them. Um, I don't know. Like I'd say three one maybe. And I think the Watford game will be weirdly. Tight for some reason, I don't know why. I think that maybe like one nil to us, but I think yeah, I think we could get seventh as well.
3: Um, but we'll see. Be, it, it would be impressive if we beat Villa because you've had such a huge high, and as yes. a player, you've played in those big games. You you definitely have a come down, and then you've got to go again so quickly. That's why sure. I think there would be changes um, yes. to to the team, and that would be you know although you know, people say so was only Aston Villa, but. They're fighting for them's lives. That would be impressive if we went to Villa and, and, and put in a strong performance and won. I, I, that would then start to say to me, oh, Mikel arteta has got something going through to the end, the end of the season here.
0: That's interesting, yeah, really interesting.
2: I mean, there, there is an angle here, obviously, that by the time we play Aston Villa, Watford would have played Man City. So, um, you know, if, if Watford ha- have lost Villa no They'll be taking it to the the final day, kind of you know. Regardless if Watford have got something, Villa will will need to match it to to even take it to the final yeah, well, days. So I'm did, sure that. Will play I think
3: it too. be the same, and we're not talking about Man City, but I can guarantee against Watford they are going to rotate their squad like you've never seen. So we we will we will see all will be revealed. One of yeah. us will be right, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> Correct. What all will be revealed is a lovely note to end on. Thanks so much, Nigel, for joining us. It's been, it's been brilliant to speak to, uh, to speak to an Arsenal legend like you on this great week. Thanks a lot.
3: No, no problem. Thanks very much. Cheers, Thanks, Josh. Guys.
0: And we'll be all back right. uh, this time next week.
1: Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now? and is available wherever you got this podcast
3: number of people
1: to the flu this is a
0: playback media production to listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk
1: sports social podcast network
0: judy was boring hello then judy discovered
2: jumbacasino.com
1: it's my little escape
2: now judy's the life of the party
1: oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon
2: whoa take it easy judy <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes.
3: com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.